Before history is written, it's played. Before it's frozen in time, it's fought one shift at a time. Before it's etched in silver, it's carved in ice. What happens next will last forever. The Stanley Cup Final on ABC and ESPN Plus begins Saturday. Welcome to the Field Goals Podcast. I'm Brandon Schultz, and we are one week away from the NFL Draft. Going to be doing a mock draft today with Nathan Santo of the Seahawks Nest Podcast. Nathan, welcome back to the show. Hey, man. Thanks for having me. I'm, I'm excited to be here and to mock the draft with you. This will be fun. Yeah, we've we've done this uh, a couple times just offline, and so I, I'm excited to get to it. But before we get to the mock draft, we do have some Seahawks news that happened this week. Some uh, interesting news, some definitely some sad news. Tavares Jackson, we found out this week. And gosh, that was, what, Tuesday that we woke up to the news that he died in a one-person car crash. Not good news to wake up to and definitely uh, thoughts and prayers out to the family of Tavares Jackson. Yeah, no, it seemed like he'd really like gotten, uh, like he kind of started finding what he has his, uh, post-football life, you know, that transition is tough, you know, to transition from being an NFL player to what you're going to do after an NFL player. He'd caught on as the quarterback's coach for Tennessee State, really looked like he was going to have kind of a bright future in coaching. And that was, you know, it was an exciting trajectory for him. And then uh, taken too soon, you know, 36 years old. That's like, um, that's crazy. It's so, so, uh, so young. Yeah. And you can see the shock from a lot of the players that knew him so well. And uh, everything that you hear about him was just how great of a locker room guy he was. And you think back to that 2011 season where he was you know, our quarterback of the Seahawks for nearly that entire season. He did fight through some injuries. You know, if we if we would have had him in there for that game against the Browns, we win that game and probably don't have a losing season that year. Yes. I So I blame Charlie Whitehurst for that six to three loss to the Browns still you blame to this cl- day. Clipboard Jesus. Yeah. yeah. Just kidding. He, he played <laughs> terrible. He played terrible in that game. Uh, it was where we have 137 yards of total offense, I think. Uh huh. And I, I think Leon Washington had a, a touchdown return that got called back because of a holding call and that would yeah, have totally turned the game. It's like three to six, right? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So, yeah. To, I mean, here's the thing. Tavares really like turned the page on on Seahawks football, right? Because 2011 was a transition year, going from the the dark age, the dark age to Jim Mora's last that Jim Mora year was so bad. Then we had the Pete Carroll 2010 year, where you had Matt Hasselbeck and Marshawn Lynch came. We got the Beastquake run that, uh, and even- then. And I really felt like that next year. You're right. It felt like we were turning the corner, even though the record was the same, right? Seven to nine again it felt like it felt like the team was getting better and we were just kind of, we were close, you know, we were close to being uh, a really good football team. And I, I don't know that, that, uh, yeah, he kind of helped turn the page for his football. And I mean, the, the greatest of ours thing though, is the, he comes in, he, he, he did three handoffs and a throw in a, in a Super Bowl. you know, like he came in at the end of the Denver game and it was like kind of awesome to see, you know, him get to do that and him be a part of, you know, because uh, he was a part of the team, you know, whatever, whatever you want to say, but he got to actually play in the game and n- not not many people can say they've thrown a pass in the Super Bowl, but Tavares can. No. And it was uh, I think I saw the stat was that no quarterback had come in in the last 20 years. Still, Tavares Jackson is the only quarterback to come in and take backup snaps. Like he was awesome, dude. He totally deserved that moment. And I think that the the, the coaching role that he was falling into as a quarterback's coach was kind of perfect for him. And so. 
it just uh just sucks and i think yeah. you know as much as we like to really emphasize the, the his stellar record at the coin tosses uh, that <laughs> 2011 season you know he was he was injured with a torn pectoral muscle and he fought through that and you know still got the seahawks to a seven and nine record and he wasn't and he wasn't horrible that year you know it's just, it, it was a run first team and, yeah. and p care obviously wanted to build around the defense he didn't make a lot of mistakes only 13 interceptions completed 60 percent of his passes like he he we knew what we had an identity right that was the identity was really forming you know we we're gonna run we're gonna not make mistakes the, the toxic differential that Pete talks about right that those turnovers those big plays we're gonna be the team that dominates in those and yeah it was he ushered in the the Seahawks identity I feel like so rest in peace I mean that's a it's, it's too bad definitely the worst news of the week so uh moving on to some other news Nico Thorpe special teams captain re-signing back to Seattle easy man easy, easy. he's back He's back. I love I love Nico Thorpe. Um, he's such a personality. As whenever they make like those videos on the YouTube channel, and uh, if Nico Thorpe's like the guy that's centered around, I'm always gonna watch it because he's like he's like I can tell why they he's the special teams captain. You know, he just like seems like a joy to be around yeah. and just like a it's a fun guy. And um, you know, he's a national champion. You know, he brings that that winning attitude. He won the national championship at Auburn, and I think that you know he's fits that kind of mindset and attitude that Pete Carroll knows what it takes to to win. It's a good addition to the team. Even if he doesn't end up making the team, I think that just having him around for the the process is is good for the young guys. So I'm I'm glad to see him back. No, he's gonna make the team. He's gonna I, make I mean, the team. Now this next guy There are I, you guys I, that root for more than Nico Thorpe, so I, <laughs> I hope so. <laughs> Mike Upati returning to the team, which was a little bit of a surprise for Seahawks fans considering the amount of offensive linemen, especially guards now. I think the yeah. Seahawks are collecting guards this offseason, much like they collected linebackers last offseason. Yeah, there's they're at what 15 offensive linemen. And last year they carried 15 offensive linemen into the preseason. So it's not like an unheard of thing that they're doing here. Uh, but they only regularly carry nine or ten into the season. So those off season competitions are going to be crazy. And there are guys that are young that we would like to see break into the rotation at this point, right? Like you want to see Ethan Posich or uh, Phil Haynes, especially for me, I'm a Phil Haynes uh, stan. I love him. <laughs> beefy, beefy boys for life. So I'm a, I'm a, did you know this, that Phil Haynes offensive line when he was in college was called the beefy boys. <laughs> I that was like an official that. nickname. You can Google that. Like you can Google like Phil Haynes, beefy boys. That's a real thing. I'm not making that up. Is that a so riff the, off of beastie boys or? I think they're just they're just beefy and they're and they're boys. So what can you do? So so that they um but yeah the Phil Phil Haynes and the beefy boys. So he he's got he's a big guy. I want to see him moving and it's he has a lot of competition now to get that guard spot. Oh, he's yeah. got to beat he's got to beat Finney. He's got to beat Fluke. He's got to beat Jamarco uh, Jones. Giapati, he's got to beat Jamarco Jones. Like there's all these guys fighting for like just a couple roster spots because we're not going to take more than ten offensive linemen in the regular season. We never have right. in the Pete Carroll era. It's nine or ten guys get to be on the final roster at offensive line. Most of the time it's nine. So I'm kind of um, I'm worried a little bit. Like this, and it really puts us in a weird spot for the draft because if we draft a guy that's like pretty much locking in a roster spot for the at least the beginning of the regular season so then now though well all these guys are fighting for like eight or nine spots this is insane so i'm i'm a little uh i'm a little skeptical i guess it's just it's just it just kind of blows my mind not that you potty was i think he had a really bad game against the rams last year and then played pretty decently the rest of the season like not great but not bad either sure. above average offensive uh, offensive guard so 
I don't hate that we brought him back. It just doesn't do anything for me. And I, now it's like there's so many guys for so few spots. Yeah. And I think when we get into our mock draft, it means we probably are not going to take an interior offensive lineman because as of right now, the Seahawks are pretty good. But still, uh, I could see I could see John Schneider and Pete Carroll going with a tackle. There's definitely a reason to bring tackles. I mean, Brandon Shell gives you like a nice safe floor. Uh, of like, hey, this guy is going to be slightly better than Jermaine Fetty, which is all I really can ask for at this point is no more penalties and just a million sacks not being given up. Right. But uh, he's not. If you look at the look into the numbers, watch the tape. He's not great. So you'd like to bring in some tackle competition for that position, but it just depends where the draft falls. This is a really good tackle draft. So if the talent falls in the right position for us, I think it would definitely be worth taking a tackle. And the other piece of news from this week, Malik Turner had uh, his exclusive rights tender essentially uh, withdrawn. So the Seahawks will not be bringing back. Well, they could still bring back Malik Turner. It's just not going to be a fully guaranteed uh, type of contract like he would get with the exclusive rights tender. Did that, did that move surprise you at all? Because it kind of surprised me. It was a little bit surprising. I guess they did something similar with Jordan Simmons to where they can put him under a contract that so his salary isn't guaranteed for the full season. So... I guess he's kind of a borderline uh, roster type guy for me. So it, it's not too surprising. It, it freed up like a million dollars in cap room. I don't, and it, and for me, it, it was like, if you were willing to get, to get, to get him before, like it, what changed between now and then we signed, we signed a uh, Phil Dorsett, Phil Dorsett. That's it. That's all it took to work Malik Turner off the roster. I am excited about Philip Dorsett just as a Seahawk. Cause his long ball prowess, pairs very well with our boy Russell Wilson but yeah. it's just it just weirded me out that it kind of that that's the move they decided to make but they're freeing up cap room for something I you have to think they're not going to get to the draft without signing an edge player in the next week we're going to know if we if we uh re-signed Clowney or we moved on to Everson Griffin or traded for uh, Yannick Ngakwe or Carlos Dunlap or something like that it feels that's, like we should know that before the draft yeah it's because the, their whole plan seems to be be in a position where you can pick the best guy. Doesn't matter what position they play. Just give me the best dude. Right. Because we're kind of set everywhere. And if we have an edge guy, that is true. If we don't have an edge guy, then we we're really pressed. We need it. We need an edge guy in the draft. And then then you're in trouble. When you're forced into positions, that's uh, that's when you make desperation picks. Like um like last year when we were didn't have an edge guy beforehand, and we drafted LJ in the first round. Didn't work super good last year. Not saying that the book is closed on that one, but so far, uh, not great. <laughs> well, with that said, why don't we get into this mock draft, Nathan? And All right, let's do it. It's one that already the best edge player is off the board with yeah. Chase Young going to the skins at number two. And uh, I don't know why we couldn't have made a trade to make this make this work for the Seahawks to get up to the number two position, but we we did try. We did try. We said, we'll give you every pick in this draft so we can just pick Chase Young at two. The Mike Ditka the, strategy. And the Washington uh, football team said, no, <laughs> <laughs> no, well, we're good, which I actually kind of agree with, to be honest with you. It's I wouldn't I don't know if I'd do that either. Chase Young is uh, pretty much going to be the best player on their team for the next four or five years. So and it, just, and it introduced us to one of the limitations of the mock draft machine is that we can't give up future picks. Yeah, we can't we can't see if like they would do it for like our first next year and our first this year. Right. I, which I don't think they would do either though. The Seahawks are too good. No, that, I mean that. the entire draft this year and then the first pick <laughs> next year. Well, that might have worked. Just to see. Uh 
Chase Young's really good at football, though. It's just a, a joy to watch. Turning on the tape is, um, I mean, any he, he fits in our scheme. He's four three, four three guy. Um, just a really good football player. But you know what? He'll never be a Seahawks, so we don't have to talk about him too much. When you're looking at like the shape of this draft, what what do you want to get from the draft if you're the Seattle Seahawks? I do want to watch to see what the offensive tackles fall to the Seahawks at the end of the first round. I feel like they do. They're going to need an interior defender coming out of the draft. And other than that, I, I feel like a lot of the needs have already been addressed for the most part. I think they are going to take a running back at some point. And I think they're going to trade out of the the first pick. So I, I wonder if now that it's fallen to us, well, we should take a look and see what offensive linemen that are still on the board. But I do. John Schneider's got to trade back out, out of this first pick, right? Well, so uh, there are four offensive linemen that people agree generally are, are really good in this draft. And then there's some discussion about who the fifth guy is. You know, the top four guys are Werfs, Becton, Thomas and Wills. And those guys are all really good. Um Kevin, if you listen to the Seahawks podcast, the he really likes Josh Jones, this mm-hmm. guy from Houston that's available to us here at pick 27. Uh, other people really like Isaiah Wilson, the right tackle who uh, played at Georgia. Um, Ezra Cleveland had crazy good testing combine numbers, uh, really just kind of put it together at the combine. And Austin Jackson is another uh, kind of boom-bust prospect. So those are all guys that are probably going to go in the next – 10 picks or so yeah and i do for me personally i think that ezra cleveland has the testing numbers that the seahawks kind of look for you know those like long arms the trench explosion formula that like did you have a fast uh three cone time <laughs> did, you, did you bench press good he kind of checks a lot of those boxes um but I all think of isaiah guys- wilson does kind of too and, and he's he comes up a little bit short on the testing numbers but it's because he's a 350 pound dude so i i think for his testing numbers to be as good as they are at 350, that's that could be a guy that they look for. My big fear with Isaiah Wilson is that he might end up not being like a that that's a weird body type for for tackle. Sure. And he might end up long term needing to needing to play uh some some guard. Also, Georgia like kind of protected him a little bit by like using tight ends and stuff. And I think that if he was like in Minnesota where like they run play action every, every play and he can just get into his guy every single time, Isaiah Wilson would be awesome. Cause like as uh, Kirk cousins told us last year, there's no upper limit to how much he'll be wanting to, <laughs> to do, to do a play action pass. So I, I'm i I'm not sure. I, I think Isaiah Wilson to me seems like a guy who's risen too much. Okay. Maybe like I liked him more when he was a little bit lower like i liked him in the second round but in the first round i'm a i'm a little i'm a little leery a little more gun shy about my uh my isaiah wilson and of course if we're looking at edge players Yutor gross matos is still on the board aj epinesa uh, zach bond kind of the top three guys that it looks like in terms of uh, the the draft network's predictive board have you uh, spent some time uh, with with these guys any of these you know i gross matos is not a guy who excites me a whole lot none of these guys really excite me so there's like problems with with all of them right like gross matos is uh he's just a raw pass rusher he's not spent you can he's developing still and he did make a big jump between two years ago and last year in terms of how good of a pass rusher he was i would if that trajectory continues he'll be very good if it flattens out and this is what he is 
he will not be a contributor on an NFL football team. So it's like really hard to, it's boom or bust, right? I think he'll either be like a 10 or a two. And so you have to weigh like where you're at as a franchise. Can you afford to take those kind of risks? I'm not sure I would be. Zach Bond is a really interesting prospect to me. I really like Zach Bond. Yeah. But I don't think that the Seahawks are going to draft a 240 pound guy to play, uh, to play Leo. They're just not going to do it. That kind of puts him at an odd spot out. It's kind of like Bruce Irvin, but he's even lighter than Bruce Irvin was. And it's just kind of caught in a weird spot where I don't think he lines up with what we want to do. Um, Epinesa just kind of bores me. Like, <laughs> he's solid. There's yeah. just nothing exciting about it. It's like, it'd be like getting like a, like a nice uh, grilled cheese sandwich, not like a great grilled cheese, just like a okay one. You know, it's like, it's like it's a grilled cheese. It's pretty cool. I like grilled cheese, but it's like, it's still just grilled cheese. Right. There's nothing special about grilled cheese. And I could almost see them going with that at this spot just because you look at him and you go, yeah, he's a, he could be a solid player in the NFL. Let's take a quick break, Nathan, and we'll come back. I, I think we're going to go ahead and trade out of this pick, but let's take a break. We'll come back and we will have the results from the Seahawks first round mock draft. And we are back joined by Nathan Santo of the Seahawks Nest podcast. And as a result, uh, over the break, we have traded down with the Giants. Nathan, who did the Seahawks get in in our uh, field goals mock draft? Okay, we traded 27 and 144. So we got um, we traded our first round pick and our uh, it's a late fourth. Yeah, comp pick, I think, I think in the, the fourth la- round. Last pick in the fourth round or something. Yeah. And then we got 36 in the second round, 99 in the third round, and Mr. Irrelevant, 255, picked up <laughs> picked up the last pick in the draft. I don't think the Seahawks have ever had Mr. Irrelevant, so I'm pretty excited about this. Okay. So now we're back in we're back in the driver's seat. Uh Denzel Mims is the top player on the board. Denzel Mims is a very exciting uh, wide receiver prospect out of Baylor. Honestly, though, not my favorite wide receiver that's available right now. I would I would take Jalen Rager over him 10, 10 out of 10 times. Rager's a little bit more impressive. They're close. I can yeah. totally see the argument for both guys. I would If someone was like, Mims is way better, I wouldn't be like, hey, dude, you're dumb. It's not like that. I just like Rager slightly more. Brandon, Brandon Ayuk's also a really good wide receiver that's available. LaVisca Chanel is someone who I think, if this was a normal year draft prospect, process he could have moved himself way up the boards by just testing athletically and not being hurt but he he's been out and he was injured and he, no one can check his medicals or anything so he's just kind of tumbling down draft boards on everybody's board and it's kind of interesting so to who, watch did, that. who did the giants take with with our original pick the giants traded up to get josh jones the tackle that i thought we should pick josh so. jones and isaiah wilson both come off the board yeah, so the best tackle available is Ezra Cleveland, which I agree or with. Austin uh, Jackson. Austin Jackson, yeah. It's kind of a matter of preference. Uh, do you have a, do you have a strong preference here? You watched uh, watch these guys? I, and I haven't watched. Uh, I've watched a little bit in Yang, so uh, that's that's, that's the, the only of these three guys. But he's usually a guy that you get toward the end of the first, or end of the second because of the injuries. Yeah, uh, Lucas Yang has fallen. Uh, I th- once again, if this is a normal draft process and he could prove that he's not injured at all, he might have gone shot back up the draft boards but he just didn't get a chance didn't participate in the combine let's go you know, back to let's go back to edge and see who's available still at edge i don't think anybody's come off the board Russ. nope same, one of the same guys guy. that i know that the seahawks might be into and he's he's still a few picks away jonathan grenard out of florida i could see the seahawks really taking a look at him as a possible edge player and 
you know, you look at a lot of these guys and Grenard excites me about as much as a lot of these players that are on the board above him too. Yeah. I, th- I think that the reason Grenard might work is that he has like the actual like edge, but bo- are like a Leo body that we want, you know, right. the two sixty three, six foot three, um, pretty athletic. although he didn't jump super good at the, um, at the combine, which does matter to the Seahawks. And this three cone was like just right on the edge of what we want. We want 7.1 and then he did 7.13. So he's like, he's close. I, yeah, it's the, he's the kind of guy that if he's there sitting around too late, the Seahawks are going to jump on that. But I don't know if they would reach for him. Cause for me, when I look for a guy that the Seahawks might reach on, I want to see like eye popping physical numbers because that's the, that's the thing that they, they always, um, they want guys with juice, you know, they want the guys with the, the crazy legs, the, the jumping out the building, the, all that stuff. So, all right, Nathan, well, let's go ahead and make the Seahawks first pick here. I'm going to defer to you to, as, as the guest of the show, you get to make the Seahawks first pick. It's a lot of pressure, man. I think that you can address tackle here and have a guy that's for the future. And even if the first year doesn't work out, you know, like if, even if, at the end of the day where we're like not giving the guy who's going to come in as a rookie, we have to go one year Brandon shell. I still think that Ezra Cleveland is someone that the team could, could build to. He's um, six foot six, 311 pounds. He jumped in the 75th percentile for vertical 88th percentile for broad jump, 97th percentile for 40 yard dash and 93rd for 10 yard split 90th percentile for bench press. I mean, those are like, that's like very sea hockey, you know, he, he moves good. He, he's strong. I, I just, I, I totally buy it as a guy who, I mean, he does look like he has room to grow, you know, he's, he's um kind of, so I'm, I'm into Ezra Cleveland. I like it. I, I like the idea of guys too, that are kind of project players and may need a year because I, if depending on how this off season program goes, I don't know if we're going to see a whole lot of guys starting anyway. It's pretty rare for Pete Carroll to even start a rookie player. Uh, he seems reluctant to do it these last few years, with the exception of DK Metcalf and Trey Flowers. But I could see this being a lot of you know, developmental type guys this year. So my theory with the uh, re-signing of Upati uh, actually has a lot to do with this, is that they might want to bring him back just so that they can start four of the same guys on the offensive line as last year. Mm. You know, If they can come back and they can say, hey, we got... Brit and we got our same guards, Fluke and Yipati. We've got one of our two offensive our tackles in Dwayne Brown. Four of our five guys are the same. We have that continuity. We have that knowledge in building. I think that would that would really help kind of get the season started, right? We're in an interesting spot here at 59. There are several uh there's a lot of interesting players available to us that um we could go for. So depending on what position we want, we have good wide receivers. Michael Pittman, LaVisca Chanel, and T. Higgins are all available to us at wide receiver. I think that's pretty, pretty incredible. We got some good interior defensive linemen, Justin Matabuki, Raekwon Davis, and Devon Hamilton. Oh, Raekwon Davis. I like him here yeah, at, at the spot. This is this is pretty this is pretty good. Um, I think those are the two positions that would most interest us. Also, I just have to mention Ashton Davis. Um, he's a safety from Cal, and I think he has the most potential to be a single high safety in this in this draft as um, in any range that the Seahawks are going to be picking. So, I mean, he's really got that potential to be the single high guy that Pete loves to, to play, you know, kind of like when we did, when we had our own, we didn't, and I don't know necessarily, I think he's married to playing uh, the, the three high and as opposed to playing, you know, four, but 
this guy could be a guy that actually could do that. Sure. So it's just something interesting. We did draft Blair last year, so you never know. Could be. But I see Blair as kind of a boxy uh, read and react downhill safety. Yeah. Why don't, let's go ahead and take Grenard here at this spot. And then uh, you want to go edge. You want to get I, away I, from I want to get edge out of the way. They need you they can't come away without an edge player, Nathan. Well, I kind of like some of these edges that are going to be uh, around at 101. I mean, Jabari Zaniga. Yeah, okay, it's total, total character question mark. But this the talent is definitely there. Khalid Kareem. Definitely think he could be a guy who plays uh, in our system. And then Bradley Ana, if his arms were longer, <laughs> I think he would be shooting up these draft boards because the tape is very good. I think all of these guys have a chance to be there when we pick out 101. Yeah, so and I, I had a really nice senior bowl too. But who are you leaning toward if not Grenard here at the spot? Raekwon? Raekwon Davis? Or really defensive take, interior? I really want to take one of these wide receivers, <laughs> if I'm being honest. I know it seems unnecessary, yeah, um, like a totally luxury item. But all of these wide receivers are really good. T. Higgins, LaVisca Chanel, and Michael Pittman. I think I Higgins feels the safest. He's he's big. He's athletic. He would push, um, you know, when he came onto the field as the third wide receiver, he'd push Tyler into the slot. And, or, but, I mean, even last year we saw DK played in the slot some. Seahawks like to play a little bit of games with that, and I, I quite enjoyed that. I think T. Higgins is just a really good wide receiver. Chanel is like a weapon kind of guy, like Golden yeah. Tate. Uh, total weapon. The medicals thing is scary. And then... Pittman's a solid all-rounder. I don't think you could go wrong picking Pittman here. Sure. I wouldn't do it, but but he'd be my third choice out of these three. But these three guys are all really good. And at 59, I just feel – I want to get Russ some we- – I want to let Russ cook, man. I want to get some <laughs> weapons. I, I I feel like Russell Wilson said, get me some some stars, and this is our chance to get him some uh, some dudes. You know, he wants, he wants some guys to play with. So for me oh, – I'm a little bit bummed that the Rams got Edwards Hilaire there at 52. Yeah, it would have been nice to get like one of those. The top running backs all came off the board. We're now down into the like the cam makers. Oh, yeah. makers is, we, can, we can find guys. Like, we can wait and take Joshua the, Kelly, if, Kelly if we have to. The Seahawks have can find running backs. And I want to talk about the late run running backs anyway when we're picking at Mr. Right. Irrelevant because that'll be fun. <laughs> uh, what What do you, which one, who do you, can we take a wide receiver, please? You really want to take wide receiver. Okay. Oh, yeah. Go for I, it. I think, I, think I, it's see, a good I like a lot of the guys down the board a little bit too, like Lynn Bowden and Van Jefferson. Yeah, I like them too, but they're not. Uh, but Chenault, yeah, oh, yeah, that would be. Yeah, Chenault and Higgins are like both awesome. It would, it would be. I'd be very excited to bring in. I, I think that Higgins is safe, so we take Higgins. But it's now more let's fun take, to take let's Ch- take Chenault. Okay, it's more fun to take Chenault yeah. for sure. You live, live on the edge. I, I feel like that's our DK Metcalf pick of of the twenty twenty season now. And we can pick Higgins back to back because he didn't go. <laughs> well, the 64, I, I'd like to propose another trade back at, from the 64 spot. Oh, wow. OK, this might take time because I uh, I need to get out. the calculator. I, See, I think I, I've planned it out here. I think we oh, trade yeah. down into the third round with uh, let's go with Carolina at and try and get the 69 pick and then try and get their fifth round pick 152. They, they don't like us. Uh, it's you know what it is. It's the new GM. They don't want to get they don't want to get Schneidered in the first year. They're like <laughs> scared. They don't want to be they don't want to be thought of like Bill O'Brien. Can we uh, <laughs> can we go back a little bit farther and maybe do Jacksonville's third rounder? And do they have a fifth? They have a lot of fourth round picks. Holy smokes! They have three picks in the fourth round. Oh look at that. See, I've done a lot of these mock drafts, so I already know that they're. <laughs> yeah. If you try to get extra picks, they're like extra synergy let's try to get back in the fourth round like uh let's try this use our sixth rounder to try to trade up 
there we go. See, I did it. I traded us up. So we went from 64 to 73, and now we traded 214 for 137. So we uh, we gained a little value there. They traded up and got Jonah Jackson, interior offensive lineman. Doesn't affect me at all. T. Higgins just went off the board of the Dolphins. That was your guy. Niang did too. That's your dude. All right, okay. We got some good interior defensive linemen here. I think this is this is a position. The Seahawks only have three guys on the roster. Yeah, it does feel like if they don't come out of this draft with another interior defensive lineman, unless we sign Mike Daniels in the next week or so. This all right. So we've got Justin. I think this is Madu Buike. Is that right? What do you think? I'm probably doing that wrong. <laughs> anyway, he is a defensive interior defensive lineman. Went to Texas A&M last year. He didn't do all of the drills, but he did the three cone pretty fast. 7.37, 88th percentile three cone drill. 31 bench press reps. That's 81st percentile. He ran a really good 42, uh, 4.83 seconds. That's 97th percentile. Just a really good athlete. Plays interior defensive line, uh, 293 pounds. Pass rushing defensive tackle. Probably not the best run stuffer, but we have good run stuffers on the roster already, so I'm not sure that's something we we have to need. Also, you can kind of find those run stuffers later in the draft, so I'm not as worried about it. Lecky Fotu out of Utah is a guy that I think the the Seahawks have talked to here in the offseason. Devon Hamilton, less of an athlete, but uh, but he's just a run stuffer. So he's like a really solid run stuffer. And I think that depending on which way you want to go with this, those two guys really represent great value here at 73. Yeah. I personally pick Matabuke just because the pass rusher is more of a like a premium thing. Oh, see, you know, I was thinking Hamilton was more of the Seahawkey player, but let's go with your guy. Like Luke is like the athlete, you know, he's got the spark score. Yeah. <laughs> that's, he's an AM guy too. Yeah. Yeah. They Texas like, A&M. they like those AM guys. Yeah, they do. Uh, there goes Jabari Zaniga off the board. Here we go. We're going to hope an edge guys here at 99. That's Khalid Kareem or Brandon and those would be both pretty nice. Oh, Kareem just slid off the board at 91. Pretty, pretty earlier than I expected, but we can. Oh, nope. He's gone too. And they went at 97. Uh, Willikus is still on the board for Michigan State. Did you see Kenny Willikis, the, the thing he did on Twitter? No. He posted this video. He was like, because someone posted a thing that were like, Kenny Willikis is a non-athlete. So then he <laughs> he went on Twitter and, and like it was him in like this like turf gym and he's like doing cartwheels and backflips and stuff. I cannot believe you haven't seen this. It's so funny, dude. It's like <laughs> he's doing like non-football things. Like he's doing like backflips and stuff. It's just awesome. It's just like a hilarious like this is so college <laughs> you know you know what i mean it's like this is the most the most causing that but i i don't mind kenny willikies though right here to be honest with you if travis gibson he's another guy that i could see the seahawks potentially mm-hmm. taking if you feel like you have to get out of this draft with an edge i personally think like i said they're gonna sign someone and then once we sign someone i don't feel the need to sign any more edge players we really just need that front side edge replacement that can play run and pass downs so it doesn't there's Two guys. We have two options still. still who are, who are some of the best players on the board right now? According to this, uh, tight ends: Bryson Hopkins, uh, you know Benjamin. I'm not like a crazy fan of anyone that's like on this first page of this uh, board. Here are you, Zach Moss. I like Zach Moss. Yeah, I like Zach Moss. Kevon Wallace. He'd be a, a special teamer, I think. Mm-hmm. And competition at safety. Yeah, we and it. The, I think we're probably going to leave this draft with the some competition of safety or someone to replace because we are going to lose Tedrick and Delano this offseason, right? But I don't know if Wallace is that type of guy. He, he's a little bit, uh, I 
think he's a little bit on the smaller we can, side. We can look a little farther down the board. We got um, Laurel Murchison, the interior defensive lineman from North Carolina State. He was consistently asked to like block two guys all the time or to like occupy space to run stuffer. Um, I, I kind of like him. I mean, this is a position where the Seahawks could double up because there's just sure. the roster is thin at interior defensive line. And this draft has some some good interior defensive line players. I don't know. This is a tough this is a tough spot. I, I just I, I have trouble getting excited about interior defensive linemen. That's that's it's my only bias here. Who's the who's the best defensive player in the NFL? Oh, Aaron, uh, Aaron Donald. Yeah. And what position? Can, can we? Can we yeah. Well, is Aaron is Donald on the board? No, unfortunately, he is not. Hey, Strobridge is here. I got Let's take you. Strobridge. Got, all right, Strobridge is fine. Yeah, there's another run stuffer. I think Murchison and Strobridge are pretty close together, so that's fine. Strobridge, nice. We got our we got our run stuffer. Now we're picking again like one pick later because so, we had 99 <laughs> and 101 because of our trades. That's a Bryce good move by us. Yeah, but well, this part of the draft, 98, it went, it went New England, us, New England, us, those last four picks. So same players are available to you. Who do you? Who do you like here? And we're going to go Zach Moss here. Take a running back. Yeah. So let's look at all the running backs that are available. We can get Benjamin Moss, Darrington Evans. See, the thing about running backs in this draft is like, if I scroll down here, like I can get guys I'm really excited about that are way down the draft board. Like JJ Taylor. Have you watched him play the Arizona running back? No. He's like five foot five and he is. Uh, <laughs> They're not just, taking a five foot five running back. He is just, I'm just telling you, dude, turn. <laughs> hey, Pete loves guys who got through adversity yeah and can well, you me, think of something I could, okay I, I i will say they wouldn't take one but as like a seventh round guy uh, to play special teams and that that sort of yeah. guy dude every time he touches the ball it's fun like it is the most fun tape watch you can one of the most fun tape watches you can have in this year's draft okay like, he's on my radar now. uh rico dowdle this guy when you watch him from south carolina he's way down the draft boards if rico dowdle when you watch him play you're like why is this guy so much lower ranked than all these other guys? It doesn't make any sense to me. And I mean, he fits, why. you know, Dowdle does fit all the measurements of a, of a Seahawks running yeah. back. I don't, I don't understand why there's no like Rico Dowdle hype. I mean, South Carolina was kind of bad last year, but I understand like why a guy like AJ Dillon's ahead of him. Cause AJ Dillon's like 500 pounds and this plays running back. <laughs> right. So like, that's cool. I get why AJ Dillon is well, but like, why is Anthony McFarland that much better than Rico Dowdle? I'm not a hundred percent sure. Maybe I'm bad at evaluating running backs. <laughs> 240, uh, 247 officially for AJ Dillon, but uh, yeah. Okay, I mean, I would, okay. Let's stay away from running back then. Let's uh, let's uh, let's go elsewhere. This is tough. This is tough. You, all right, I want you to to, to make. You could take Randy Moss's kid right here. I I'm not. I'm not that too, stoked about the Moss kid. Way, this is way too early. Um, who who else is on the board for a tight end? I I would be okay with taking a tight end at this position, but uh, Hunter Bryant. I see. I like Dalton Keene out of Virginia Tech. Love Dalton Keene, H back style guy. Josiah Degara, same way. Uh, those are both guys that are going to be available probably the next time we pick that we could clean up a tight end. So maybe we we uh, got to go elsewhere. We can go. We can go edge still. We can pick Willikies. We still haven't taken edge. We can take Alton Robinson, uh, Jonathan Garvin. These are all players that are let's take interesting. let's take Willikis. Mostly just for that video he made. Thank good job, dude. <laughs> now I have to go watch it. Oh man, it's. <laughs> I don't know why he did it. it just makes me, I'm laughing just thinking about it. It's just like the, there's just doing all these things that are like, like he backflips. He did a thing. He was doing those things, you know, where you run off the wall and do a backflip. He's doing he some of do those. That? Oh yeah, Kenny Wilkie's dude. I'm and I'm also going to find out which one of us is pronouncing his name correctly. Um, not me. 
never trust me. I generally I look up a, a pronunciation guide. Like I try to find like a broadcast of like a announcer saying it because they generally ask. Yeah, they're pretty good about it. Okay, we're okay. at one thirty three. Keen's still here. Oh yeah, we got all the tight ends still. We could take uh, De- Deguara. We could take Keen. We could take uh, Albert went on, but that here's one thing is you're right. I think the Seahawks are going to look for a tight end that could fulfill multiple roles. Sure. And Degara and Keen are both that. Yeah, they both. Um, the difference for me between Dalton Keen and Josiah Deguara is Dalton Keen didn't do very much in Virginia Tech's offense. They didn't ask a lot of him, so I have no idea what he's capable of in the passing game because he just had him run these same two routes over and over. Deguara like that has some creative route running that I thought was interesting, and his athletic testing was a little bit better. Yeah, and I'm just I'm going off of the performance that I saw in the Senior Bowl and Keen's ability at blocking at the tight end position, and I that's what I liked from Keen. I'll be honest, I I wouldn't mind either of those guys. You want to pick Dalton Keen? Let's You're do it. it. All right, I am pounding the table for Dalton Keen. I just wanted to make sure I got my Deguara take in there, so that, that way <laughs> I could I could say I'm on the right side of history later. Um, okay, we're picking again. Now we are down to which which pick are we at? 137 we traded into this pick oh this is um, the pick that we got from jacksonville and we moved up from a six-round pick to this pick and how many picks do we or do we have left with uh so yeah we just have mr elvin i think actually oh this is exciting this could be our last shot at a decent player wide receiver we could get duvernay or bowden there's still some good wide receivers left we could double up here i mean it would push david more for that like last roster spot or and it would probably push um Push yeah, Lynn Bowden's still here. Let's take. I like Bowden a lot because I like his Wait. special teams ability, and uh, you like that he plays quarterback, and I like that he can throw the ball. Okay, I'm just going to say for Devin Duvernay, one, he will not be available when this pick is being taken, so this is doesn't. Oh matter. wow, that's wild. But 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 he he's uh, he is literally being penalized because his body is weird. Like he's five eleven and like not he's not the right shape for a wide receiver. Yeah, but uh, go ahead and watch Texas play LSU and then tell me that, that you think that guy sucks because he doesn't. He's real good at football. Yeah, he he punks Grant Delpit like four times on that tape and it's like very satisfying to watch. Even though I like Delpit, but it's just like a good. All right, pick Glenn Bowden though. I agree, yeah. Glenn Bowden is a good versatile player and also like the the whole playing quarterback thing is a uh, very. Pete Carroll would love that. Oh, yeah. He can throw the one. Plus, he had, what, like 1,300, 1,400 rushing yards last year? Mm-hmm. Hey, really? He, he, he was incredible last year. That is like an all-time awesome performance uh, just for like kind of being a gamer, yeah. you know, kind of really stepping up to the plate when your team needs you. And I, Pete does love stuff like that. It is his favorite. And the reason for that I would really like him for the Seahawks is – just finding a guy to take over who can be electric on special teams, take the punt return job away from Tyler Lockett and uh, at kick returns. I feel like that doesn't really matter, but you know, maybe he can. What, he if, can he's the new there t- too. what if he's just the new Tanner McAvoy? <laughs> I feel like he's Tanner McAvoy plus. Ooh, yeah, of course. <laughs> Tanner, Tanner McAvoy. I, I, uh, I, I respect, respect Tanner McAvoy. I've got a lot of love in my heart for Tanner McAvoy, but, uh, so he's like a one of those like guys that only people ten years from now only people who are like way too into the Seahawks like us are going to remember who Tanner McAvoy is. So now are we just waiting around for Mister Irrelevant watching guys come off the board? We are in round. We are deep into round six, and uh, we have still not gotten then. a pick. It's moving pretty fast though. Yeah, we did not have a round six pick yet. We did end up trading it up for those trades. I feel like that was a good trade though by you to to move up in the in the draft trading with Jacksonville. It worked out pretty good. We ended up getting, because of that trade, we ended up getting um, Lynn Bowden, as opposed to if we were picking now, the best wide receiver available would be like 
I don't know, Desmond Patman or like Joe Reed or something. It, mm. it would, it's way better. Oh, this is exciting. We actually have the last pick in the draft. This is so cool. <laughs> <laughs> we get to like make someone's day or like life right here. Yeah. We're, I think we should pick a running back. I think we should too. Rico Dodal just came off the board. Oh, two no. picks ago. The Vikings, two picks ahead of us, take Rico Dodal. And JJ Taylor came off at 240. Oh, man. Okay. Well, there's still two guys here that I think are pretty decent. Um, James Robinson, he's the running back from Illinois State. He put up insane, like, counting numbers last year, as a, but it's, you know, it's not D1. And right. Every single game, eight guys in the box all the time. So his tape's kind of weird to watch. I kind of like Jamichael Hasty. I don't really get why he's kind of off the board for everyone. Hmm. So uh, he's here at three hundred five. I I like Rob. I like going with Robinson here. It's it's kind of weird to watch him because he plays like against like uh, you know you watch like the South Dakota State game and stuff, and they did not th- complete in the South Dakota State game in the playoff last year. Illinois State did not complete a pass until like eight minutes into the second half. <laughs> Like they, they just like literally just ran Robinson every time or threw incomplete. Flip, flip over to corner before we decide on running back. Okay, here we go. Corner. We back. haven't taken a corner. We know that you know Pete Carroll's not going to come out of the draft without a corner. We did trade for a corner now, and if corner the corners do feel a little stacked, in, except for maybe if Ugo's not ready to be the full time slot guy, right? Then yeah. we might need might might need a guy play slot corner. Anybody jumping out at you here? Well, I know a guy that, uh, he, and he was just on the UK Seahawkers podcast, the pedestrian podcast, uh, Madre Harper. Mm-hmm. He, he, was, he went on their show and he just sounds like a super cool guy. I don't know if he, he's actually on the draft board here because he, you know, out of a small school, Southern Illinois. Wait, Southern Illinois, is that the same one as, uh, no, Illinois, that's Illinois, no, it's Illinois State. That's the same one as Chin, right? Yeah. Yeah. So I have seen him play some. He's pretty good. Yeah. I agree with you. That could be like a good end of draft guy. And he was Oklahoma State with Trey Flowers before he went to uh, to Southern Illinois. So, oh, we could take Khalil Tate, quarterback. I'm not going to say we need a quarterback, but Khalil Tate is a kind of interesting. We like, already took our backup quarterback with Bowden. Oh, that's true. I didn't think about that. Now we don't need one. Uh, <laughs> Khalil Tate. One of my favorite things about watching him play is that the play is either like really cool and amazing, or just like a dumpster fire, and you just like. <laughs> You're just like, oh God, why is he? What is he doing? You know, it's, it's, it's is uh, 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 go back to corner schizo. is because one of my favorite names. I got to see if he's on the board. Bo Pete Keys out of Tulane. Yeah, Thakarius. Yeah, he's right here. But they didn't put the nickname. They oh. just put the regular name. Are you disappointed? That is disappointing. I don't want to. <laughs> I don't want to take him now. It's a big. It's a big letdown here. <laughs> just when something like that happens. We could change. We could change someone's life with this pick because they. they let's will go. Get that. I, I like. Uh, I like the case you're making for James Robinson, Illinois State. All right, let's do it, James Robinson. Plus, he has all the measurables. You know, fits right in the weight range. Has ten foot, five inch broad jump, forty inch vertical. Man, yeah, he jumped out of the gym forty inches. Yeah, James Robinson. I think it's like the kind of guy that you never, you don't know. You know, like it's just. But it's the 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 ninety fifth percentile vertical, the eighty eighth percentile broad jump. When you watch the tape it doesn't look like it's going to be like that, which makes me wonder, like, is it just these eight man boxes that kind of slowed him down? You know, yeah. I, I'm not a hundred percent sure he didn't run super fast either four six four, but, um, you don't need to be crazy fast to, um, to be successful. I mean, there's lots of guys who ran in the four sixes. Keenan Allen is my favorite example to constantly bring up. Like, Hey, if you only care about wide receiver forties, here's an example of a guy who's maybe one of the five best wide receivers in the league. 
a garbage 40 and paid for it with his draft position and shouldn't have. Well, let's run down this list once again. With the 36th pick, we took Ezra Cleveland, the offensive tackle out of Boise State. 59th pick, LaVisca Chenault, wide receiver from Colorado. And then we went interior defensive line at 73 with Justin Matabuke out of Texas A&M. Went back to the interior defensive line with Jason Strobridge out of North Carolina. Kenny Willekes, edge defender out of Michigan State. Dalton Keene, tight end from Virginia Tech with 133. And at 137, Lynn Bowden out of Kentucky. And then Mr. Irrelevant, James Robinson, running back out of Illinois State. I would be uh, be generally pleased with this draft. <laughs> so I'm about to post it in the Discord and have people make fun of me. Yeah, <laughs> <There we> go. <laughs> yeah if people want to get in on the Discord for... The Seahawks nest. Uh, they just got to go to the Patreon page, right? Yeah, it's our, we got a, on our Patreon page. If you want to get in touch with me or uh, any of the other uh, degenerates uh, from my podcast, you can go onto our Patreon page, and it's, uh, the lowest level gets you gets you basically the keys to the kingdom. So yeah, and you can just be I, like me and just lurk and and see what people post and not really interact. But uh, I, I I need to get in there more. You can what you what I always say is is you when you come in just post like what your favorite kind of apple is and uh, that that'll get everyone talking oh, right away because yeah. there's a lot of there's a lot of us talking about what our favorite kind of apple is yeah uh, why well if like, you're, if it's not Honeycrisp you're wrong yeah I mean it's got to be something like that if if you it it mostly stems from the fact that Brett the original host of the Seahawks podcast like from way back in the day said that his favorite apple was red delicious and like it, <laughs> everything like the just, worst that's the worst steak of all time everything spiraled out of control <laughs> because that's like that's like basically like saying like I don't know my favorite place to live is like the, what's the most dangerous place on earth you know it's like, it's, it's like that you, you don't it's a terrible take it's the worst take that you could possibly have yeah. so it should be called red disgusting you know it's it's, it's a, the it's, worst apple it's not so. a good apple yeah, it's that's the kind all, of apple all. that's only good, at, like just dipped and smothered in caramel. Yeah, you have to you have to hide that. It's mushy. It's not even it's not even crisp though, so it yeah. doesn't even hold up to to any kind of. It's just there's it's no bad. good use for it. Yeah. yeah, well, and you you know you being a teacher, I feel like you should be the the expert here. <laughs> yeah, apple apple expert. I, I'm going pro in apples. If for a sure. kid were to come in, and I know that this probably does. Do kids still bring apples to teachers? Probably not. Have you ever gotten mm. an apple as a teacher? No, I, uh, no, you get like small things. Like I've gotten like a notebook with a picture of an apple on it and stuff like that, but you never get, I never get usually with food though. The kids know me and like, so like I try to like steer them in a direction of food I would actually want. So, yeah. you know, like some kid will be like, Oh my mom, my mom made us lumpia for dinner. And I'll be like, I love lumpia. You, I would love to have some lumpia. And then like a week later, this, you know, kid shows up with a Tupperware with like 10 lumpia in it. And I'm just like fist pumping. Like, I don't even know what that yes. is. It's like a Filipino egg roll. It's oh. really good. I highly rec- now recommend I, now it. I have to find. I have to find one. I don't <laughs> yeah. know in Montana if there's. Uh, yeah, that uh, might be a tough get. Next time you're in Seattle, though, I can show you a couple places that that you could pick some up. They're real good. Um, they, you can get them at Hawaiian restaurants a lot of times too. I'm in. All right, sweet. Well, Nathan, really want to thank you for coming back on and running through our our very first mock draft of the season. I, I probably should have done this sooner, but uh, I, we'll. Uh, you know what? If this goes super well when we hit record download numbers maybe we'll do it again here before the actual draft yeah let's just sneak another one in there into the deadline <laughs> just uh we could be like that on field goals there's a really good series where um a guy i don't know if it was on the main site or if it was on the fans post but some guy was doing mock drafts over and over where he couldn't pick the same players oh yeah again. michael stuffer edwards yeah he's he goes comes in through the fan posts 
I thought that was a really cool idea to like do that because you really end up stretching yourself. Cause like a lot of times what I do is like when I'm doing these mock drafts, I know I've done a couple of them. So I know what players are generally going to be available in what areas and mm-hmm. I know which players I like. So I'm like at 133, I'm going to pick Devin Duvernay every time and I'll just ignore wide receivers before that, which is not super fair to the <laughs> to the process right because that's not the way it's actually going to work right there's more random there's more randomness in it so i thought it was cool that uh, a cool way to go about it and eventually it forces you to look at guys that maybe you disregarded earlier like for me when i make my spreadsheet i'll just cut off a bunch of guys because their arms aren't long enough or and the, that's like a seahawk straight thing right like right. their arms aren't long enough or they're they they have a bad uh three cone drill and the seahawks are obsessed with that with certain positions like the, especially the trench positions mm-hmm that kind of stuff. And maybe sometimes we do need to step outside our box. And I think that might happen this year with the Seahawks because less guys did pro days, less guys did stuff. So they might be forced to step outside their comfort zone and who they're going to pick. Well, Nathan, uh, you guys just had a new episode of the Seahawks nest come out. What were you guys talking about this week? Um, we went over uh, the interior offensive linemen we liked in this draft. And we prefaced it by saying that this used to be a position we were pretty sure that the Seahawks are going to draft, but every signing makes it seem less and less likely. <laughs> so yeah, that'll, that'll be it. Then later this week, we're going to do defensive line. So nice. that should come out in the next couple of days too. So well, that'll be fun. That's for- that one. That one's kind of more important, I think. Oh, for sure. Yeah. They, they definitely are going to go defensive line. They've got to take at least two or three guys on the defensive line in this draft, much like uh, we did with our mock draft. So I feel, I feel like we we're smart there. Nathan, really want to thank you for coming on. We are going to have more draft talk coming up on the Field Goals podcast. And until then, go Hawks.